0: judiciously, and the flax not duly turned. The risk, however, is not great. The fibrous part has a peculiar tenacity which enables it to resist longer the action of humidity. Flax may be even steeped, although in water, without injury. Many think this is the best and quickest method, and I am am of their opinion. My wife coincided with me, especially in the sultry climate we inhabited. She therefore proposed to soak the flax in flamingo marsh. And begin by making up the leaves in bundles as they do hemp in europe we agreed to her proposal and joined in this previous and necessary preparation of the flax during the rest of the day next morning the ass was put to the small light car loaded with bundles of leaves francis and the monkey sat on them and the remainder of the family gaily followed with shovels and pickaxes we stopped at the marsh Divided our large bundles into smaller, which we placed in the water, pressing them down with stones and leaving them in this state till it was time to remove and set them in the sun to dry. Chlamydia, and by other, Formion. This was a valuable discovery in our situation. I knew how much my wife wished for the production, and that it was the article she felt most the want of. I therefore hastened to communicate the intelligence to her, and she expressed the liveliest joy. This, said she, is the most useful thing you have found. Lose not a moment in searching for more of these leaves, and bring me the most you can of them. I will make you stockings, shirts, clothes, thread, ropes, in short give me flax, looms, and frames, and I will be at no loss in the employment of it. I could not help smiling at the scope she gave to her imagination on the bare mention of flax, though so much was to be done between the gathering the leaves and having the cough she was already sowing in idea. Fritz whispered a word in Jack's ear. Both went to the stable and without asking my leave. One mounted lightfoot, the other the buffalo, and galloped off towards the woods so fast that I had no time to call them back. They were already out of sight. Their eagerness to oblige their mother in this instance pleaded their forgiveness, and I suffered them to go on without following them, purposing to proceed and bring them back if they did not soon return. In waiting for them, I conversed with my wife, who pointed out to me, with all the animation and spirit of useful enterprise so natural to her character, the various machinery I must contrive for spinning and weaving her flax for the manufactory of cloths which with which she said she should be able to equip us from head to foot and speaking of which her eyes sparkled with doing good the love of the purest kind of joy and i promised her all she desired of me in a quarter of an hour deserters came back like true hussars they had foraged the woods and heavily loaded their cattle plant which they threw at their mother's feet with joyful shouts It was next proposed that all should assist her in preparations for the work she was to engage in, and previously in steeping the flax. Fritz, how is flax prepared, Father, and what is meant by steeping it? Father, steeping flax or hemp is exposing it in the open air by spreading it on the ground to receive the rain, the wind, and the dew, in order in a certain degree to liquefy the plant. By this means, the liganous plant parts of the flax are separated with more ease from the fibrous. A kind of vegetable glue that binds them is dissolved, and it can then be perfectly cleaned with great ease, and the parts selected which are fit for for spinning. Fritz, but may not the natural texture of this plant be destroyed by exposing it so long to wet? father that certainly may happen when the process is managed in the swiss family robinson chapter 28 flax and the rainy season francis for a short time was highly amused with his sword leaves and then like all children who are soon tired of their toys he grew weary of them and they were thrown aside Fritz picked up some of them that were quite soft and withered, holding up one which was pliable as a ribbon in his hand. Francis said he, you can make whips of your sword grass and they will be of use in driving your goats and sheep. It had been lately decided that it should be the business of Francis to lead these to pasture. Fritz accordingly sat down to help him divide the leaves and afterwards plaited them into whip cords. As they were working, I saw with pleasure the flexibility and strength of the bands. I examined them more closely, and found they were composed of long fibers of filaments. And this discovery led me to surmise that this supposed sword grass might be a very different thing, and not improbably the flax plant of New Zealand, called by naturalists and thus render the stem soft and easy to peel in the course of this work we notice with admiration the instinct of the flamingos in building their cone-shaped nestes above the level of the marsh each nest having a recess in the upper part in which the eggs are securely deposited while the contrivance enables the female to sit with her legs in the water the nest is of clay closely cemented so as to resist all danger from the element till the young can swim in a fortnight we took the flax out of the water and spread it on the grass in the sun, where it dried so rapidly that we were able to load it on our cart the same evening and carry it to Falcon Stream, where it was put by till we had time to make the beetles, wheels, reels, carding combs required by our chief for the ma- manufacture. It was thought best to reserve this task for the rainy season and to employ the present time in collecting a competent stock of provisions for ourselves. And for all the animals, occasional slight shares, the harbinger's of winter, had already come on. The temperature, which hereto had been warm and secure, became gloomy and bearable. The sky was often darkened with clouds, the stormy winds were heard, and warned us to avail ourselves of the favorable moment to get all that might be wanted ready. Our first care was to dig up a full supply of potatoes and yams for bread, which, with plenty of coconuts and some bags of sweet acorns. It occurred to us while digging that the ground being thus opened and manured with the leaves of plants, we might sow in it to advantage the remainder of our European corn. Notwithstanding all the delicacies this strange er land afforded us, the force of habit still caused us to long for the bread we had been fed with from childhood. We had not yet laid ourselves out for regular tillage and i was inclined to attempt the construction of a plow of some sort as soon as we had a sufficient stock of corn for sowing for this time therefore we committed it to the earth with little preparation the season however was proper for sowing and planting as then soon rain would moisten and swell the embryo grain which otherwise would perish in an arid burning soil We accordingly expediated the planting of the various palm trees we had discovered in our excursions at Tent House, carefully selecting the smallest and the youngest. In the environs, we formed a large, handsome plantation of sugar canes, so as to have hereafter everything useful and agreeable around us, and thus be dispensed from the usual toil and loss of time in procuring them. These different occupations kept us several weeks in unremitted activity of mind and body. Our cart was incessantly in motion, conveying home our winter stock. Time was so precious that we did not even make regular meals and limited ourselves to bread, cheese, and fruits, in order to shorten them to return quickly to our work and dispatch it before the bad season should set in. Unfortunately, the weather changed sooner than we had expected, and then with all our care we could be prepared for. Before we had completed our winter establishment, the rain fell in such heavy torrents that I could not refrain from painful apprehension in surmising how we should resist such a body of water that seemed to change the whole face of the country into a lake. The first thing to be done was to remove our aerial boat and to fix our residence at the bottom of the tree, between the roots and under the tarred roof I had erected, for it was no longer possible to remain above on account of the furious winds that threatened to bear us away and deluged our beds with rain through the large opening in front. Our only protection here being a piece of sailcloth which was soon dripping wet and rent to pieces. In this condition, we were forced to take down our hammocks, mattresses, and every article that could be "'injured by the rain, and most fortunate did we deem ourselves "'in having made the winding stairs which sheltered us "'during the operation of the removal. "'The stairs served afterwards for a kind of lumber-room. "'We kept all in it we could dispense with, "'and most of our culinary vessels, which my wife fetched as she happened to want them, "'our little sheds between the roots.' constructed for the poultry and the cattle could scarcely contain us all, and the first days we passed in this manner were painfully embarrassing, crowded altogether, and hardly able to move in these almost dark recesses, which the smell from the close adjoining animals rendered almost insupportable. In addition, we were half stifled with smoke whenever we kindled a fire, and drenched with rain when we opened the doors." For the first time since our disaster we sighed for the comfortable houses of our dear country. But what was to be done? We were not there, and losing our courage and our temper would only increase the evil. I strove to raise the spirits of my companions and obviate some of the inconveniences. The now doubly precious winding stair was, as I have said, every way useful to us. The upper part of it was filled with numerous articles that gave us room below, and as it was lighted and sheltered by windows, my wife often worked there, seated on a stair, with her little Francis at her feet. We confined our livestock to a smaller number, and gave them a freer current of air, dismissing from the stalls those animals that from their properties, and being natives of the country, would be at no loss in providing for themselves. That we might not lose them altogether, we tied bells round their necks." Fritz and I sought and drove them in every evening that they did not spontaneously return. We generally got wet to the skin and chilled with cold during the employment, which induced my wife to contrive for us a kind of clothing more suitable to the occasion. She took two seamen shirts from the chest, and with some pieces of old coats, she made us a kind of cloth hoods. Joined together at the back, and well formed for covering the head entirely, we melted some elastic gum, which we spread over the shirts and hoods, and the articles thus prepared answered every purpose of waterproof overalls that were of essential use and comfort to us. Our young rooves were ready with their scornful jokes the first time they saw us in them, but afterwards they would have been rejoiced to have had the same. This, however, the reduced state of the gum did not allow, and we contented ourselves with wearing them in turn when compelled to work in the rain, from the bad effects of which they effectually preserved us." as to the smoke our only remedy was to open the door when we made it fair and we did without as much as we could living on milk and cheese and never making it fare but to bake cakes we then used the occasion to boil a quantity of potatoes and salt meat enough to last us a number of days our dry wood was also nearly expended and we thanked heaven the weather was not very cold for had this been the case our other trials would have been much increased a more serious concern was our not having provided sufficient hay and leaves for our european cattle which we kept housed to avoid losing them the cow the ass the sheep and the goat the two last of which were increased in number requiring a large quantity of provender, so that we were ere long forced to give them our potatoes and sweet acorns which by the by they found very palatable and we remarked that they imparted a de- delicate flavor to their milk the cow, the goats, and even the sheep amply supplied us with that precious article. Milking, cleaning the animals, and preparing their food occupied us most of the morning, after which we were usually employed in making flour of the Manoic root which, with which we filled the large gourds previously placed in rows. The gloom of the atmosphere in our low, windowless habitation sensibly abridged our daylight. Fortunately, we had laid in a huge store of candles and felt no want of that article. When darkness obliged us to light up, we got round the table, where a larger taper fixed on a gourd gave us an excellent light, which enabled my wife to pursue her occupation with the needle, while I, on my part, was forming a journal and recording what the reader has perused of the narrative of our shipwreck and residence in this island, assisted from time to time by my sons and their admirable mother, who did not cease to remind me of various incidents belonging to the story." To Ernest, who wrote a fine hand, was entrusted the care of writing off my pages in a clear, legible character. Fritz and Jack amused themselves by drawing from memory the plants and animals which had most struck their observation, while one and all contributed to teach little Francis to read and write. We concluded the day with a devotional reading in the Holy Bible, performed by each in turn, and we then retire to rest, happy in ourselves and in the innocent and peaceful course of our existence. Our kind and faithful steward often surprised us agreeably on our return from looking after the cattle by lighting a fagot of dried bamboo. quickly roasting by the clear and fervent heat it produced a chicken a pigeon or duck from our poultry or yard or some of the thrushes we had preserved in butter which were excellent and welcomed as a treat to reward extraordinary toil every four or five days the kind creature made us new fresh butter in the ground churn and this with some fragrant honey spread on our manoid cakes formed a collection a collation that would have raised the envy of european epicures these unexpected regals represented to our grateful hearts so many little festivals, the generous intention of which made us forget our bad accommodations and confinement. The fragrance of our meals belonged to right to our domestic animals as part of the family. We had now four dogs, the eagle and the monkey to feed. They relied with just confidence on the kindness of their respective masters, who certainly would have deprived themselves to supply the wants of their helpless dependents. Francis had taken under his mighty protection the two puppies, my wife, Flora, and I, the brave Turk. Thus each had his attendant, of which he took care, and no one was dispensed from the offices of tenderness and vigilance. If the buffalo, the nagra, and pig had not found sustenance abroad, they must have been killed or starved, and that would have given us much pain in the course of these discomforts it was unanimously resolved on that we would not pass another rainy season exposed to the same evils even my gentle tempered and most beloved consort was a little ruffled now and then with our inconvenient situation and insisted more than any of us on the plan of building elsewhere a more spacious winter residence She wished, however, to return to our castle in the tree every summer, and we all joined with her in that desire. The choice of a fresh abode now engrossed our attention, and Fritz, in the midst of consultation, came forward triumphantly with a book he had found in the bottom of our closed chest. Here, said he, is our best counselor and model, Robinson Crusoe, since heaven has destined us to a similar fate. Who better can weaken salt? As far as I remember, he cut himself a habitation out of the solid rock. Let's see how he proceeded. We will do the same, and with greater ease, for he was alone. We are six in number, and four of us are able to work. This idea of Fritz was held by all. We assembled and read the famous history with an ardent interest. It seemed, though, so familiar, quite new to us. We entered inner into every detail and derived considerable information from it and never failed to feel g- lively gratitude towards God, who had rescued us all together and not permitted w- one only of us to be cast, a solitary being on the island. The occurrence of this thought produced an overwhelming sense of affection among us. We could not refrain from throwing ourselves into each other's arms, embracing repeat- repeatedly and the pathetic scene ended in mutual congratulations. Francis expressed his wish to have a man Friday. Chris thought it better to be without such a companion, and to have no savages to contend with. Jack was for the savages' warfare encounters. The final result of our deliberations was to go and survey the rocks around Tin House, and examine whether any of them could be excavated for our purpose. Our last job for the winter, undertaking at my wife's solicita- solicitation, was a beetle for her flax and some carding combs. I fouled large nails till they, till they were even round and pointed. I fixed them at equal distances in a sheet of tin and raised the sides of it like a box. I then poured melted lead between the nails and the sides to give firmness to their points, which came out four inches. I nailed this tin on a board, and the machine was fit for work. My wife was impatient to use it, and the drying, peeling, and spinning her flax became from this time a source of inexhaustible delight.